Let's clap our hands to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Praise the Lord. God is good. God is good. Tell your neighbor, and he's good all the time. He's good, and he's good all the time. Amen. Thank you all for being in church tonight, those of you who are here. And those of you who are watching that are in the Norman, Oklahoma City area, you're more than welcome to come to church on Wednesday night. We want you here. We're going to just evolve our way right back into a Wednesday night service. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss one of these services. Sunday mornings have been absolutely incredible. Can the church say amen to that? If you're looking for a move of the Holy Spirit and for the Holy Spirit to have his way in a church service, then you can't miss one right here at Quest Church. We believe in getting on the Holy Spirit's agenda and following the way he leads. That is our goal. That is our objective every time we meet. So I wanted to thank you. Just before you sit down, today I was thinking to myself, I thought, man, every person wants the pastor that they think the pastor ought to be, right? Now, here's the catch to all that, is you can't be everything to everybody, right? So the moment you think, man, he says everything I like. Every time he speaks, he gets it just right. And I could go on a three-week streak like that, and then all of a sudden, write a post or say something that makes you go now wait a minute is that the same guy that preached on Sunday here's the key at some point in all relationships you're going to have to learn to tolerate it's just true you don't walk out on your spouse just because you have a disagreement about something right you just walk through stuff and navigate your way through things together Amen. And that's what healthy churches do. So I just wanted to pause and drop that on you tonight. Why, Pastor Rick? To ask you to pray for me. That I can be that guy that you cookie cut out and said, that's the guy I want to be my pastor. Because you never know what Sunday I might show up and say everything you like. Right? And if you'll pray hard enough, that just might happen. God is good and he's good all the time, isn't he? Amen. Let's pray and then we're going to get right into the word tonight. I feel good. Don't you feel good tonight? Amen. Amen. I feel good. I watched, uh, here's a vulnerable confession to all of you. Uh, I know you guys don't watch movies. I, I kind of watch movies every now and then and TV series like um, Red St- I mean Yellowstone and stuff like that, you know? And uh, last night I watched Get On Up because of Chadwick Bozeman's passing, and uh, I love when James Brown says, I feel good, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I, I, thought that, I thought that tonight. I said, man, coming to church with my brother, he's an encouragement to me. I, I was thinking to myself, man, I feel good tonight. Everybody feel good? If you don't feel good, I pray the James Brown anointing come on you tonight, and you leave the building feeling good. Father, we thank you for this time together, and we ask you for the next few moments that you would help me to say things I didn't study to say and help the people hear what the Spirit is saying. But we just thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. 
you have been mighty good to all of us. And we thank you for all the things you've brought us through. And we thank you that you're bringing us through this chaotic, confused year, 2020. And we're going to come out of this thing better than we were before March ever happened. We're going to be better, and we're going to do greater things for your kingdom. Father, we ask you to forgive us of any propensities or tendencies or bends in us that would take us toward a state of rebellion or obstinance. Forgive us for any of those things that we've said that would offend people that we didn't intend it to offend them. Lord, and help them to be good forgivers. Because I've learned in, in, in relationships, it takes two really good forgivers to keep a relationship going. So help us be like you, where you said, if we have to forgive 70 times, 70 times in one day, then that's what we have to do. And help us to learn the art of forgiveness. And help us not be trapped in offenses. And we thank you, God, for our redemption tonight in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that you will help me to encourage your people tonight. That they'll leave this building with a lift in their spirit. With their head lifted and looking up tonight in Jesus' name. Would you mind just giving the King of Kings one more big praise here tonight? Amen. God's good. Well, we're going to give y'all a high five and your neighbor right there, give them a fist pump or an elbow or something and tell them it's on in the building right now. And then, then you may be seated. As Pastor Josh said, we've been in this series uh, entitled Redemption. I hope you've enjoyed it because I've certainly enjoyed teaching and preaching it and so appreciate Pastor Josh's insight last week. Um, so tonight we're going to continue. We're going to just turn the corner a little bit, okay? And we're going to go further down this road called redemption. Everyone say the road of redemption. Because redemption really is progressive in its nature. Redemption really is progressive in its nature. And when I say that, I mean your understanding and enjoyment of the redemption that Jesus has afforded you comes by revelation. And the revelation gets stronger each day until you it all culminates in the final realization that there is a finished work of the cross. And you don't have to fight so hard to stay saved. Right? You don't live your Christian life on a razor's edge thinking, boy, if I say one thing, I'm going to be off the track and God's going to condemn me. That's not the God you serve. Amen? Where sin abounds, grace does what? Much more abound. Everyone say, I'm okay. Now you need to understand that. Now you need to be challenged to do better. And we all need to go from glory to glory and faith to faith. But let me tell you something. Don't live with that frail faith that says every time I think something or do something wrong, man, I'm, I've lost my salvation. Let that go. Amen. So we always, you know, in this series, go to Luke chapter 17, and we talk about, uh, I think, verse 21, where Jesus said, well, all these things begin to come to pass. He says, lift up your eyes, look up, for your what? Your redemption draweth nigh. The Message Bible says, look up because your help is on the way. And we've been saying that every service. Let's practice it tonight. Ready? My help is on the way. Now say it with conviction. Come on. My help is on the way. And for those of you online right now, just put that in your comments. My help is on the way. Tonight I'm going to take you to Ephesians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 4. And we're going to hang out with the Apostle Paul tonight. And we're going to see what he has to say about redemption. So I'm going to take you to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. I want you to look at verses 
15 through 17, the apostle says to the church at Ephesus, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Say that with me. Walk with wisdom. Yeah, don't walk as a fool, but walk as wise. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Understand what? What the will of the Lord is. Someone once said that every moment comes to you pregnant with a divine purpose. Every moment comes to you pregnant with a divine purpose. Time being so precious that God, God deals it out only second by second. Time is so precious that God deals it out only second by second. Once it leaves your hands and your power to do with it as you please, it plunges into eternity to remain forever what you made it. Strong statement, isn't it? Time. So Paul tells the church at Ephesus, he said, now listen, he's the redeemer of your soul, but you are the redeemer of time. Think about that. You have the authority, you have the responsibility, you have the capability to redeem time. That almost sounds divine, doesn't it? It almost sounds like only God could do that. How do you go back? How do you redeem time? We're going to get into some of this tonight, but I like the way the New Living Translation reads in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verses 15 and 17. Listen to how the New Living Translation reads it. So be careful. Remember the word circumspectly? Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But live like those who are wise. Say wise. And then he says this in verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Everyone say this with me. Redeem the time. Now, what does that phrase mean? Well, when you do a proper study of that phrase, redeem the time, in both Colossians and Ephesians, here's what it means. To make wise use of every opportunity for doing good. To make wise use of every opportunity for doing good. That's strong, isn't it? So that zeal and well-doing are, as it were, the purchase money. By which we make the time our own. So how do you redeem time? You redeem time by doing good. You are redeeming time when you are making the most of every opportunity to share good or to do good. Think about what I'm saying now. That sounds simple. It sounds trite. But there is a depth to that that I hope you fully understand. I'm going to read it one more time. You are redeeming time when you are making the most of every opportunity to do good or to share the good. Yes. 
specifically the good news. Now, how many of you know that we are living right here? He said, make the most of every opportunity, especially in these evil days. How many of you know we're living in a challenging time right now? Okay, so he says, in that challenging time, be sure you say good stuff. In this good time, be sure, or in this evil time, be sure you are doing good things. Everybody say this with me. God is good. Now watch this. God is so good that everything he created in Genesis chapter 1 when time began, he crowned the initiation of time with three words. It is good. God and good are so close. They're one letter away from each other. So he starts time with it is good. It is good. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus and he says, listen, every time you get an opportunity to do good, do it. And by so doing, you are redeeming time. Strong. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Redeeming the time. Let your speech, now listen to it carefully. Let your speech be always with grace. We can stop right there and just let that sink in. Just let that, just let that sink in. Let your speech be always seasoned with what? Grace. Not harshness. Let your speak be always seasoned with what? Grace. Now watch this. Or seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. How you ought to answer every man. Redeeming the time. So as I'm doing the etymology of all of these words, this definition pops up and I really liked it. Redeeming the time. A definite portion of time to which some definite work or occurrence belongs. It is translated sometimes as a season, but most times as an opportunity. It's a portion of time to which some definite work or definite occurrence belongs. When Jesus says, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons, the word time here simply indicates the succession of moments. But seasons is another Greek word for time, and it indicates, listen carefully, a time of crisis. Ain't that strong? A time of crisis to which some special work or events belong. So you know what that tells me? We cannot treat all times the same. What are you saying, Pastor Rick? Sometimes require a better form of us. Right. Some seasons require, some seasons demand us to be at our highest level of excellence. They demand us to be at our highest level of attention, walking in wisdom. Everything we say, say it with grace. The ability to answer all men. That's strong. Hmm. So we can't treat all times the same. 
First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of what? The times. And to know what Israel ought to do. So here's the question. Can you redeem what you do not have knowledge or understanding of? Think about it. Can you redeem what you do not understand? Or can you redeem what you do not have knowledge of? I'll tell you what I think. I don't think we're interested in really redeeming things that we don't know. The reason why God redeems you is because he made you. So he owns you two times. He created you. Then he bought you. Say I'm twice his. Isn't that beautiful? Now that's the heart of a redeemer. I know myself. So it is required of me to redeem my time. I can't redeem your time. But I can redeem my time. And it's important for me to understand what is going on around me. Because if I'm not buying it, I'm losing it. So it's important to understand, watch this, that you can manage time, but you can't control time. We'll say it again. You cannot control time. You can only manage time. If you could control time, then you could control events. Which means we would have never let COVID show up. Right? Hmm. The only thing you can control is yourself. And while controlling yourself, listen, I'm talking to you about redeeming the time. While controlling yourself, you manage how every event affects you. So you're really not managing the seconds. You're managing yourself in the crisis. That's redeeming time. Redeeming time is self-control. Redeeming time is being sure in the middle of the crisis, I'm in control of my emotions. In the middle of the crisis, I am in control of my responses, my reactions, my speech, my answers, my replies. I control that. So the circumstances does not control me. I control me. And by me controlling me, I am redeeming the time. When I'm redeeming the time, it puts a mandate on me to make the most of this opportunity. So my question to you is, in 2020, how are you handling time? Are you sitting behind your computer, conjuring up your next post to combat everybody's opinion? Or to cast your own out there so you can get more thumbs and hearts and likes? Is that what you live for every day? I told Giovanna today, I said, I'm fixing to go on a sabbatical. And she said, what do you mean, babe, a sabbatical? I said, I am fixing to get off of Facebook for about a month. And I'm going to let my staff handle my public page. And they can put pretty little graphics up there and say really nice stuff. 
But on my personal page, I just think I'm going to be quiet for a little bit. Because even as a pastor, you have a tendency to say to hell with all of you. I just wanted to wake y'all up. Praise the Lord, everybody. Glad glad y'all are here tonight. Okay. So... I just, it seemed like everybody was getting a little sleepy, so I just needed to throw the little. Well, I would never say that. But I would say, to heaven with all of you. Praise the Lord. Right, of course I would. Time. Time is the most valuable commodity that you have. Did you hear me? Time is the most valuable commodity you have. Lost money can be found. Wasted money can be earned again. I used to tell my spiritual sons all the time. Josh will tell you. I, I tell them all the time, time. And he could quote it for me. What is the quote, Josh? Time is more valuable than money. You can get money back. But you can't get time back. So I, say, I said this. I wrote this down today. You cannot relive time. So the only thing you can do with it is to redeem it. Randy and I have an older brother named Doug. Randy is very outspoken, opinionated. (laughs) I'm just kidding you. That would be me. But Doug is totally opposite, isn't he? He's quiet. And he's, he's older than us. And he just looks at us sometimes like, you, you didn't have to say that. You, you got anybody in your family that just kind of looks at you when you say something off and they just kind of, that, that's not necessary. And that's Doug. And he speaks very few words. But when he speaks, it's always full of wisdom and power. I wish I was Doug. <laughs> and Doug... He's getting on up in age now, and it's bothering him a little bit. He might be, he's probably watching tonight. But, you know, he, he said to me and Randy one, one time not long ago, he said, you know, we were talking and rambling, and we do all the talking. He does all the listening. And finally, when we took a breath, he said, you know, guys, time touches everything. Time touches everything, and time waits on no man. That's Doug's way of saying Y'all just shut up for a little bit. (laughs) Just chill. I always say this about time. Time is the capsule that God inserted into eternity to accomplish his will. God is the capsule that God inserted into eternity to accomplish his will. In essence, we are all living in the parentheses of eternity. And in that parenthesis, we are parenthetical beings. In that parenthesis or that capsule is time. Time does not exist in eternity. Time exists for eternity. Time does not exist in God. God owns time. So time is a tool that God controls and he gives it to you to steward I think you just missed that. Time is a tool that God owns. Mm -hmm. And he gives it to you to steward. Mm -hmm. 
So he expects you to make the most of your time. Your birth certificate is when you clock in the time. Your death certificate is when you clock out of time. The use of one's time, I wrote this down today. The use of one's time tells us how important their purpose is to them. If you want to see how important a person's purpose is, watch how they handle time. Yeah. I really felt like the Holy Spirit spoke that to me today. And he brought me to Acts chapter 13, 36. David served his purpose in his time. And then he fell asleep. What did David serve? Thank you. When? In his time. And then what did he do? Fell asleep. We're going to go a little bit deep right now. Is that all right with you? David did not serve people. Going to get quiet in the building. As a leader and a king of a nation, he didn't serve the people. He served the purpose. And by serving his purpose, the people got served. When you put serving people in front of serving your purpose, you'll always be frustrated in your time. But as long as you're serving your purpose, the people are going to get served and you're going to be fulfilled. Hmm. Someone once said, do not walk through time without leaving worthy evidence that you were there. Do not walk through time without leaving worthy evidence that you were there. David served the purpose of God in his time, and he fell asleep. Are y'all good? I've always said this, and I do believe it. You can't die until your purpose is complete. So your challenge to that is, well, why do young people die? I told you we were going to go a little deep. I'm going to do this by asking a question. Could it be don't get mad at me now. Could it be that God permits some people to exit time early because they have lost the understanding of the significance of their purpose? So could their passage actually be a passage of grace? In other words, could it be that God intercepted them because if they would have continued on the path, they would have wasted more time by being involved in things that are futile and things that are frustrating than things that fulfill his purpose in the earth. I didn't say God kills anybody. I just said, and it was a question. I'm not saying this is what happens. I'm asking you, could it be that God allows or permits passage because we are irresponsible with purpose? Something to think about. I'm sure I'll get texts tonight and comments about your response to the question. So here is the question. How are you doing with time? How are you doing with time? And what are you doing with your purpose? These questions reside in my mind all the time. This is me. How am I doing with my time? And what am I doing with my purpose? These questions check me and they challenge me. And they demand change in me. Those questions demand me to change. What are you doing with your time? And how are you doing with your purpose? If those questions do not promote change in you, you're not listening. 
He who neglects the present moment throws away all that he has. Did you hear that? Because all you have is right now. So when you neglect the present moment, you're throwing away all that you have because all you have is now. So what are you doing with now? Both Ephesians 5 and Colossians 4 use the word wisdom when the Apostle Paul talks about time. Both passages, when he begins the subject of time, he says you better use wisdom. It takes wisdom to walk through time effectively. A man that walks with wisdom never wastes time. I hope you're getting some of this. Redeeming the time. Ephesians 5.15, not as fools, but as wise. You know what the word wise here means? Clarity. Clear. Keep your mind clear. It's, imp- it's wise for you to keep your mind clear and not cluttered. I complained to my brother the other day, and heard some of you heard me on Sunday night say, I'm tired of what? Pastoring. And guess what? Three days have passed, and I'm still <laughs> tired of pastoring. I didn't say I'm tired of preaching. I'm like that preacher. I love ministry. I just can't stand the people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of you think everything I say is serious. That was a good laughing point right there. It was a good. <laughs> there you go. But it means to be clear. And so I was telling Randy, I've been telling Randy a lot lately and Giovanna that I need to, cl- I need to clear the clutter out of my mind. But my pastor called me after he heard Sunday night and he said, hey boy, when he talks to me like that, I know something's coming. I said, yes. He said, get out here now. Talking about California. And I thought, of all places. (laughs) So he says, when you're handling time, use wisdom. It means to be discreet. To be cautious in your character. I hope you're hearing me. Use wisdom with time, meaning be cautious with your character. If you're not careful, in times like this, your character gets messed up. Hmm. When he says walk with wisdom, be occupied with purpose. That's what he's saying. Be occupied with purpose. He says walk circumspectly. I said this to Dustin the other day. Man, we need to be exact. We need to be precise in purpose, especially right now. In other words, recess is not on right now. Everybody's in class right now. Recess stopped in March. The bell rang and God screamed from heaven, recess is over. And you know what we've been? Schooled for the last six or seven months. And if you've not been learning, you're losing. And if you have been learning, you're going to be leading when this thing is over. The question is, how are you handling time? Here's what I believe. I believe when time stopped in March and we were sheltered in place, people had too much time on their hands. And they sat around thinking too much. 
I call it analysis paralysis. That you begin sorting through everything in such detail that you start considering things you've never considered before. And you give room for anger, temper, rage, division. And if you were busy about the purpose that God had given you in life, you wouldn't have time to be arguing with other people. Hmm. God's good. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. Three ways to redeem time. I'm going to give them to you this fast. Are you ready? Number one, make the most of it. Make the most of time. Never allow time to pass you by unimproved. Never allow time to pass you by unimproved. Your time ought to be improving every moment of the day. In other words, if I see you tomorrow, you ought to be a better version of yourself than you are today. Avail yourself to every occasion and opportunity to do good. Make the most of it. Redeem means to rescue time. Redeem the time. Rescue your time. Rescue it from what? Rescue it from waste. Because if you leave time alone, it will waste. Rescue time from waste. Time is too short, too valuable, and it is irreplaceable. Number two, buy it back. Number one, make the most of time. Number two, buy time back. Redeem implies the preciousness of an opportune season. It's a jewel that you buy at any price. Time is the most valuable asset you have. So when you redeem the time, here's what you're doing. You're buying up those moments which others seem to throw away. You can learn about a lot about your time by watching other people handle their time. I've told many young men that follow me in ministry. I'm not asking you to do everything I do. Just watch to see the things I shouldn't do and don't do them. And you'll grow. And that's the way we should do with time. Watch others waste it while you buy it up. It steadily improves you every moment that you may in some measure regain the time you have lost. I said the other day, someone called me and asked me about my tenure in ministry because I've been talking a lot about, I don't know why, but it's been on my mind. In March, I'll be in ministry 40 years. So I posted a picture of 1993 of Family Praise Center. And we've got all kind of comments and inboxes about that picture. Old skinny Pastor Rick there. And everybody, man, I remember when you used to jump the pews and run around the building. And, and Pastor Rick, that was the best days of ministry I've ever experienced. And I'm listening to them. And I'm thinking back of how wild I was. Right, Erica, Josh? I was wild, man. I mean, I'd sling water and throw oil all over everybody. And if you didn't fall down, I'd push you down. And if you didn't receive tongues, I'd get in your ear and scream, crank my Honda, crank my Honda, crank my Honda. Time my bow tie, time. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I was a wild man. And it was, it was as if they were talking to me like the glory of the former house is greater than the glory of the latter house. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the what? Former house. So my response to all those people is if in 40 years of ministry, if I was going to ever set under my mantle or my covering or my preaching or my ministry, it would be right now. 
Because I feel like I'm seasoned, I'm smarter. I understand a lot better. If I didn't, I wouldn't be talking to you in this tone of voice right now. You understand what I'm saying? And, and so this is how you should handle time. You should handle time as measures of improvement. Am I a better person than I was 14 years ago? Yes, I'm better. I'm not as wild as I was. I'm nicer, believe that or not. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Josh said, amen. <laughs> so buy it back. Use every portion of time to invest yourself into something redemptive. That might be the most powerful quote of the night. Use every portion of time to invest yourself into something redemptive. Stop giving ridiculous your time. Start giving something redemptive your time. Number three, and I'm, and I'm done. Adapt yourself to the time you're in. Adapt yourself to the time you, you're in. I didn't say let the circumstance change you. Watch what I said. Adapt means to make suitable for a new use. Make suitable for a new purpose. Modify yourself. Adjust to new conditions. Boy, if you are not pliable during this year, you're going to get broke. If you're rigid in this season, you're going to snap. You better learn how to flow. Right? Get yourself in a new frame of mind to still preach that same glorious gospel. Right? And do it in a way, in a way people can receive it. Someone once said, watch the time and make it your own so as to control it. As merchants look out for opportunities and accurately choose out the best goods, serve not the time, but command the time you serve. And it shall do whatever you approve it to do. That's strong, y'all. So ask yourself right now, am I better than I was last year at this time? Or did this season we've gone through make me a not so good of a person? I'll say it like that. Did you learn anything tonight? I hope so. I wanted to slow everything down and just talk to you tonight. Because here's what I see. Wasted time makes worried people. Wasted time produces worried people. If you are busy in your purpose and you are engaged in what God has assigned you to be involved with, you do not have time to waste. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for this night. And I thank you for people that care about their purpose. And I pray, God, that you will reinstitute, that you will reestablish and restore people to their purpose in their time. And let their purpose be more important than their problems. And let us understand that time is a gift you've given us to advance your kingdom in our generation. Help us to be like David, that we serve the purpose of God in our time. And then we fell asleep in Jesus' name. We love you all so much. I pray that you will share this. Make some good comments in there. But go ahead and share it on your phones right now. And we speak to all of you who are watching. Success to you and success to the kingdom of God.